welcome to the Celebrate Community Church of Yankton podcast. My name is Jeff Todd, and I have the privilege of serving as pastor of this amazing church community here in Yankton, South Dakota. I just want to say thank you for joining us. It's my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. Enjoy. In 2024, it is estimated that Americans will consume 29 billion gallons of energy drinks. And for some of you, you might be ahead of the curve already, okay? 29 billion gallons. It's also said that we will drink 146 billion cups of coffee. I'm glad we did our part today. So if you had some coffee this morning, good job on our way to 146 billion cups of coffees. And and some of you, you might need to go get some more coffee just to stay awake during the message today. Just a suggestion. but, (laughs) But we have an obsession with waking up in our culture. It's something about that idea of getting up and getting going in the morning that we really need to have a process for. And I know many of us, it happens in different ways. For some of us, when we wake up, it's kind of a shock. That alarm will just jolt us in the morning, and we just kind of get up in kind of a shock and just kind of start moving. That's how I do it. Anybody else with me like that? Not many? Okay, a few people. For, for some of us, um, waking up is more of like a process. It takes some time. Maybe it takes a few hours and uh, some, some drinks like that. How many people takes a process? Okay. Most people are kind of in the middle, right? Most people are sometimes somewhere in the middle. But, but why do I say that? See, the idea of waking up every morning, and I don't think we, we take time to think about this, but it's probably the best picture of what it means to meet Jesus. The idea of waking up. Let me explain what I mean. In his book, Simply Christian, N.T. Wright makes an analogy. And he talks about how when we come to a relationship with Jesus Christ, for some people, it's that alarm clock moment. They have a dramatic experience in their life, and it kind of wakes them up to become a follower of Jesus Christ. And he gives some examples, even from Scripture. The Apostle Paul, for example, on the way to Damascus, was very kind of jolted into that relationship with Jesus. John Wesley, who had his heart strangely warmed. But Wright also says that there's also people who sometimes it takes time. This is what he says. Some people take months, years, and maybe even decades during which they aren't sure whether they're on the outside of faith looking in or they're on the inside looking around. And then he says most people are kind of in between the two places. So wherever you're at today in your faith journey, I just want to say welcome home. We're glad you're here. Every single person is different. Don't waste time comparing your relationship with Jesus with someone else because it means different things to wake up to that relationship with Jesus. But today, as we're going through this together, I want to give you what I hope is a shot of espresso, okay? I want to give you a spiritual energy drink that I hope that will wake up that relationship with Jesus. If you're a guest or joining us online, we're in a series we're calling Getting Back Into Shape. And of course, this time of year, that's what everybody talks about, their physical shape and getting back into shape, but we're talking about our spiritual shape and what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And I've said this, and you'll hear me say it multiple times, God has big things planned for our church in 2024. And if you missed it last week, I'd encourage you to go to our website, yankton.church. You can go to our podcast as well, our YouTube channel. Watch the message from last week. If you're part of Celebrate and you weren't here, okay, I'm going to require (laughs) that you go back and watch last week's message, even if you were here, because I shared some things from God's Word that God has put in my heart the past several months, that everything we're going to do for the next year is really going to be filtered through that information. And if you missed it, just to kind of recap, but again, I want you to go back and watch it. We were in Luke 10, 
where Jesus appointed 72 people to go out into the harvest field. And Jesus made this statement. He said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. There is a myth in our culture that people don't want to hear about Jesus and that people don't want to be around church. That's a myth. It's the same in Jesus' day as it is today. The harvest is plentiful. People have a desire to want to know Jesus. They just don't want to have to deal with church people. <laughs> I think there's a gap there, right? And, and what Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few, and what we took from that is the takers are many. Many people in their relationship with Jesus want to come and take and take, but God is asking for workers. And so what do we do? Do we make excuses? Do we try to manipulate people? We do what Jesus said. Jesus said, ask the Lord of the harvest, to raise up his workers. And last week I announced, and I'm going to share it again this week, we are casting the vision. We are asking God to raise up 200 workers in Yankton, South Dakota that say, yes, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm not going to be a taker. I'm going to be a worker. And we believe that. And, and I said, if you're part of Celebrate, I have your name written down. And I pray every morning, and I'm going to encourage you to join me, praying for these people. And a lot of the places right now are blank spaces. And I have two, a list of 200, and I'm praying because I believe you can help me fill those gaps. And several of you have texted me this week names of people who said, Pastor, I want to pray for this person. And thank you so much for doing that. I've been praying for you as well. And by the way, last week when I shared this about how we had blank spaces and we want to write people's names, somebody shared with me, and I thought this is really cool, there's apparently a Taylor Swift song um, called Blank Space, and if you live in a cave like I do, you probably don't know this, but, um, but, the, but the hook line is, is, I have a blank space, baby, I'll write your name, right? Now, some of you, you won't hear the rest of the message, you'll be singing that song the rest of the time, right? But, but I love that, right? I love that idea. There's someone in your life who needs to know Jesus, and we might not know who they are right now, but if we're praying and we're believing God for that, let's write their name in there and, and do that as well. Um, and for our campground, I shared too, our people at our campground ministry. Um, for those of you who don't know, we have a group of people at the campground at the Meridian Bridge just across the, the bridge here. Uh, 300 sites that are there, and we have a group of people during the summertime that meet. We're believing God for 100 people in that campground. We already have over 50 names, so we're going to pray for that as well. But we want to continue to believe God for that. And the key to all of this is going to be our life groups. I mentioned this already, but it's worth saying again. This is how we grow in relationship with each other. God did not intend us to do life alone. If you come here on Sunday, so glad you're doing that. That's a wonderful thing to do to hear the message. It won't take root in your life until you're in relationships with other people until you're walking through that together. And I know that can be intimidating, but I hope this week, again, some of you will take that step for the first time. We believe that 2024, God is going to help us to get back in shape. And so today, to kind of launch this series officially, we're going to talk about one word, and you might want to write this down. The word is worship. When it talks about being fully awake in Jesus Christ, worship is the natural result of being fully awake in Jesus Christ. Now, worship is something that's kind of misunderstood, and I just want to poke a couple holes in some bad thinking. Worship is not music. Now, music can be a very powerful form of worship, but music alone is not worship. Worship is not passively sitting by. Worship is not just being silent and reverent. Worship is not just when things are going well and everything's going good, oh, God's good. And here's the number one thing, and I hope if you've missed everything I say today that you understand this one idea. Worship is far more than just what we do on Sunday morning. 
Now, worship here on Sunday morning is very powerful, very effective, but it's so much more than that. If your worship exists solely of this one hour, one day a week, today I hope we can help you wake up to understand worship is so much more. And I want to give you that spiritual shot of espresso, if you will. The definition of worship is an expression of reverence and adoration. See, when I think of expressions of worship, sometimes I think of the beauty of God's creation. When I see a sunset or I see a sunrise, that's a beautiful expression of God's blessing in our lives. When I see a child joyfully laughing and and having a good time and those deep belly laughs that kids get that just warm your heart, that's an expression of adoration. When we look at the the beautiful artwork that we see, both the physical artwork and even like here at the Dakota Theater when we see a great play and we see artists that are performing at the play, that is an expression of worship. When a man and a woman, a husband and a wife, come together in love for each other, that is a beautiful expression of worship. When you and I pray for each other, when you send in those requests on Connected Celebrate, that is an act of worship. And that word adoration means we need to thank God for everything we have. Adoration means we trust in what he says. Adoration means we will live by his standard. And I just want to say for a second, too, if you're here today and you struggle with that word worship, like if that's a word you're kind of like, I don't know about that worship thing, and I just it's really hard for me to go there with worship and I don't understand, you're in good company. But, but here's what I want to just say. We are all worshiping something, whether you admit it or not. You're either worshiping the almighty dollar, because you'll see that, because that's what you're chasing, or you're worshiping other people's approval. That won't get you very far. Many of us, sometimes, we worship ourselves. We won't like to admit that, but if you're the authority for your life, you're worshiping yourself. And all God is saying, listen, all of that worship and adoration, it should come to the one source. It should come to the one true God who loves you, who created you, who knows everything about you. Which one are you going to worship? I know which one I want to worship. I know which which goes better for me. And when you understand this worship, it will change everything about you. And I'll pray that it'll get you going every single day. So today... If you brought your Bibles, we love that. If you don't have a Bible, we'd love to get you one. Version's free app. You can download it right now. But today's a little bit different, okay? So I'm going to throw you a curveball. Usually we go to a passage. I encourage you to go to your Bible and look through that. I'm going to encourage you today not to do that. So what's going to happen is I'm going to go through a book of the Bible, and I'm going to go to lots of different places. And instead of you trying to jump around and follow me, I'm going to give you two options. You can either, A, you can write down the references and go there yourself, or B, if you're part of Connected Celebrate, you should have received a text message about a half an hour ago that has a link to a new tool that we're just trying. We tried it last week for the very first time, where it's an online interactive note sheet. Okay, if you didn't get that, just make sure to text the Connected Celebrate. We want to make sure you have that, but maybe use that as a tool this week instead of going, jumping through your Bible, because we want you to be able, I want you to learn God's Word, but I also want you to be in God's Word. And I hope you take these references this week and go through it your own self in your Bible as well. But we're going to be in the book of Psalms. If you're not familiar with God's Word, Psalms is a group of 150 songs that were written over several hundred years. I refer to Psalms as God's hymnal, if you want to think about it that way. It was written by lots of different people. 73 of them were written by King David, very famous king. 
12 of them were written by a guy named Asaph, and the rest were by a variety of kings, priests, and musicians. And this is why we're going to go through this book today and these different passages that I've selected, is because I want us to understand worship. What is worship? What does it mean? We're going to walk through it together. Now, I'm going to warn you before we get started, I'm going to go through these really quickly. Now, if you're familiar with me, you're like, Pastor, you go through everything quickly, okay? I get it, all right? But what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through these quickly, and then when we're done with them, we're going to recap, and we're going to go through it together, because my goal is at the end of this, you're going to understand what it means to worship, why worship is so powerful, and hopefully give you something practical you can stand on where worship can become part of your life. So the first verse is Psalm, it's in one, Psalm 150, it's in verse 6. It's going to be on the screen behind us. Let's actually read this one out loud together. It's on the screen behind me. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So this answers our first question. Who should worship God? Everything that has breath praise the Lord. So are you breathing right now? If you're not, let us know, because we need to help you with that, okay? All right? If you're breathing right now, you are supposed to praise the Lord. God has given you the breath in your lungs. Do you understand the only reason you woke up today is because God woke you up? Everything, every breath we take is a gift from God. Life is a precious thing, and it can be taken away so suddenly. Let me ask you this. When was the last time you got up in the morning, the alarm clock went off, and the first thing that entered your mind was, thank God I'm breathing this morning. <laughs> Probably hasn't happened, but you know what I pray? I pray it would happen for you tomorrow. When you wake up tomorrow morning, whatever time that is, that you would say, wow, God, thank you that I have breath. Thank you that I woke up today. Here's the next one, Psalm 35, verse 28. My tongue will proclaim your righteousness, your praises, all day long. Okay, so that answers the question, when do we worship? When do we worship? All day long. I want worship to be something in your life that's not just when you wake up in the morning, but every moment throughout your day. Even when you get to work and that coworker that you just love comes up to you and says something really annoying, that's an act of worship. Did you know that? Even when you get up and you realize, oh no, my kids are already in that mood and this is not going to be good and my spouse is already, even in those moments, we can worship God. I've heard it said before that life is not the result of what happens to me, but how I respond to what happens to me. You know what worship means? Worship means I'm going to make a choice to look to God, not what happens or how other people respond. I'm going to look to the Creator, not to my circumstances, to determine what my mood and what my response is going to be. I'm going to choose to worship God all day long. And this is actually can be a wonderful tool to use. Do you guys know that it's really hard to be angry with somebody who's in a good mood? Now, if you're the one angry, this can be really annoying, right? If you're mad and somebody's just in a good mood. But did you know that if somebody comes at you and they're frustrated and they're angry, if you just smile take a deep breath, and just respond to what they're saying, you will see eventually they'll just start to de-escalate. Did you know that that's worship? Do you know that not treating people the way they deserve is what God has asked us to do? And really, it's kind of a Christian superpower in a way. Like, you can really change a lot of your relationships if you come into that with that attitude. I'm going to worship God no matter what my circumstances Here's another one. Psalm 139, verse 7. Hold you, there's going to be a lot of them. 
Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. So the next question is, where do we worship? That verse tells us everywhere. Every place you go, every season of life you go through is an opportunity to worship. Do you realize that there has not even been one second of your life that God hasn't been present? Did you know that? Now you might say, but pastor, I went through some seasons in life where I didn't feel God's presence. Or maybe God seemed very distant from me during this time. Let me help you with something. That's not true. The fact of the matter is God is with us every single moment, no matter the place we are, no matter the season we're going through. He is right there. The question in those seasons we need to ask is, are we acknowledging that he's there? Because there's been times in my life when I've ignored God, when I've chosen not to look in that direction. See, God is right there with us all the time. We can worship wherever we are, whatever place we're in, whatever season of life we're in. Here's one more. Psalm 140, verse 12. I know that the Lord secures justice for the poor and upholds the cause of the needy. Surely the righteous will praise your name and the upright will live in your presence. This verse answers the question of why do we worship God? Because God is worthy of our worship. Every single person that you meet, every single one of us in here, have an authority that we live by. And you'll hear me say it all the time. It's either thy will be done or my will be done. Pick one. You've got to decide. Worship means I acknowledge the fact that there is a God, and most importantly, I'm not him. See, we have a myth in our culture that exists that says this is how we decide what we should do. If it feels good, we should do it. Whatever, whatever feels right. Listen to your heart. Everybody look right here. That's the stupidest thing you could possibly do. Are you kidding me? Do what feels good to you. You know what feels good to me sometimes? I'm just being honest. Sometimes it, feel, it would feel really good to me if I could punch somebody in the face. Anybody else with me, okay? All right, I'm just saying, do you really want people to do what feels right to them? That's a terrible idea. I know people. I'm like, I don't want them to. That's why we have, like, why don't we do that? But here's what I need you to understand. It's either my will or thy will. God is worthy to make those decisions, not me. Jesus said these words. He said, the measure you use will be used against you. This completely defeats the whole cancel culture that is raping our community and our world today. If we say, listen, there's somebody who did one bad thing, and we're going to totally cancel them, and we're going to eliminate them, be very careful with that. Jesus said, the measure you use will be used against you. Now, do people need to be held accountable for their actions? Absolutely. And I believe in a just God that doesn't let anyone get away with anything. He will not allow it. You will either stand before God and beg for his forgiveness, or he will look at you and say, thy will be done. I'm glad we have a God that does that. And I'm really glad it's not me. God is worthy of our praise. Because we are accountable to a higher authority, therefore, as fellow human beings, we need to love and serve one another, just like this verse says. We need to understand 
I will be held accountable for my actions. Therefore, everything I say and I do matters, and I'm so grateful for that. I don't have to trust my feelings and my emotions. I need to trust my Savior because He is worthy of my praise. So, if I lost you, come back around. We're going to do a recap of our worship wake-up. Now, for some of you, you might need to actually wake up, so if somebody's sleeping next to you, just give them an elbow. Okay, now, all right. This is, a, this is our spiritual wake-up, and I pray we're going to go through this together, and, and I'd like you to help me out with this. I'm going to ask the question, and I want you guys to give the response, okay? This is a tool that I hope you use to understand worship, and I mean this. Use this in your life every day to help you wake up, not just physically wake up, but spiritually wake up. So here's the question. Who should worship God? Everything that has breath, all right? When do we worship? All day long. Where do we worship? Everywhere. Why do we worship? He is worthy. That was pretty good. It was our first time. Let's do it one more time. Ready? All right. Who should worship God? Good job. This is like old school responsive reading. This is great, right? When do we worship? Man, that's getting good. Where do we worship? Why do we worship? Worship will wake us up from our selfish slumber. Everything we do becomes an expression of the adoration of the one who is worthy. If you have breath, you need to worship God. Not just the first thing you do in the morning, but all the times of your life. The good and the bad circumstances you will find. Not just at church on Sunday morning, but every place and every season you will enter because he alone is the righteous judge. Yes, the bad things in life still might happen. God will set it right one day. Nobody gets away with anything. Do you know how freeing that can be in life? Recognizing that and seeing that. So, I'm going to walk you through what are some benefits of worship, because now we've established that. I'm going to give you three of these, and again, you want to write these down. They're in your interactive notes if you have that, but here's the first one. Worship reveals his plan. Worship reveals his plan. When you have a medical issue, you should go to the doctor to help you solve that. And I don't mean Dr. Google, okay? I mean like actual like medical doctor to solve it, right? When you have an issue with your car, you should take your car to a mechanic right because the mechanic knows how to fix the car or at least should where do you go when your world is falling apart can i suggest you go to the one who created you the one who holds the world in his hand see worship reveals god's plan here's psalm 73 verse 16 when i tried to understand all of this it deeply troubled me till i entered the sanctuary of god then i understood Friends, there are so many things in life that I don't understand why. But I know who. I'm going to hold on to God and I'm going to see it. And this is why, I just have to say this again, this is why Sunday morning worship is so critically important. And I don't say this because I'm a pastor and because it's my job to be here. I need this every single week. When I'm out in the world and there's a lot of junk that happens, when I come into God's presence with my brothers and sisters, it's like my compass gets reset. And I go, okay, this is why we do this. This is how we can endure the trials. This is how we can rejoice together because there is a point to this. See, worship reveals God's plan in our lives. Here's the second one. Worship reveals his plan. Worship remembers his blessing. 
Can we agree that life has a way of skewing our perceptions? Let me give you an example. If I take a hammer and I hit my thumb really hard, okay, you might hear your pastor say a word he probably shouldn't, but I'm also, I'm also going to forget that my liver is working just fine. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Like, I, I, my finger's going to swell up, it's going to hurt, but I have all these organs in my body that are working just fine. Same thing happens in life, doesn't it? When we get slammed in life, it's really easy to forget all the things that are going well in our lives. It's really easy to forget that God is doing a remarkable thing in so many different ways. How often do we have a major issue that consumes all of our thoughts and all of our worries? See, worship brings us back and reminds us of all God's blessings and all he has given to me. Look at Psalm 28:7. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy with the song, I praise him. Friends, whenever you see a battle, I want you to remember, worship reminds me, God has already won the victory. Whatever battle you're facing in life, God has already won the victory. So worship reveals his plan. Worship remembers his blessing. Here's the last one. Worship removes my barriers. In Acts 16, we hear a story of Paul and Silas who have been wrongfully accused of something and they've been thrown into jail um, without trial and without really anything being wrong. In that darkness of that moment, they chose to start singing and worshiping God. What we know about the Apostle Paul is he knew the Old Testament very well. So these psalms that we just learned may have been one of them that Paul and Silas were singing that night in jail. And a very miraculous thing happened. God caused an earthquake and all the doors were broke open and set free. And Paul and Silas were relieved from that by their worship. To which I want to ask you, what barriers are you facing in your life right now? Are you facing a trial? Are you facing a temptation that's just got hold of you? Are you going through a life transition right now that you're not sure how to navigate? Is there a person in your life that's creating barriers? Maybe a family member, maybe someone at work, maybe a friend. What barriers are you facing in life? Now, as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I wish I could sit up here and say that just worship God and all your barriers will go away. I can't promise that. In fact, some of those barriers might be there. God might relieve you of that barrier, but it might not. But this is what I can tell you. Worship will set you free from it. Look at Psalm 31.4. Keep me free from the trap that is set for me, for you are my refuge. Friend, worship means freedom. Freedom from my worries. Freedoms from other people's opinions. Freedom from the fear that grips me. Worship gives us freedom from our self. And if we're being honest, one of the biggest barriers that I have to overcome in my life right here that guy in the mirror and worship reminds me i don't have to rely on jeff todd i have the power of the holy spirit god incarnate the one who created me who knows me who loves me just wants me to surrender to him i got one more thing to show you, you guys okay with that i'm gonna tell you anyway <laughs> do you know the universal sign for surrender anybody know what it is That's the universal sign for surrender. 
Any military battle will tell you, when you see people come up and they got both hands up in the air like that, it's like, okay, I surrender. Right when the police pull you over, it's like, hands up, keep them where I can see them. One of the things that's really powerful when we worship God is we do that. We raise our hands and surrender. And it can be kind of uncomfortable, I get it. I can understand that. But I'm gonna encourage you, when we close today, we're gonna sing a song, and it's called Gratitude. It's one of my favorite songs. And one of the lines in that song says, I'll throw up my hands and I'll praise you again and again. I'm gonna encourage you. For some of you, this might be uncomfortable. It's okay if you don't want to. But I'm gonna encourage you, when we're singing that song, if, if you want to truly surrender your life to Christ, if you want to spiritually wake up, I'm going to encourage you in those moments to throw up your hands and say, God, I surrender. God, that fear that I have, I surrender to you. God, that person in my life, I surrender it to you. God, that, that thing that I just can't overcome, I'm going to surrender that to you. And that's an act of worship. Can I tell you something? There is no more better act of worship than we can give God. And for some of us, we might need to do that every day. Some of us, it might need to be every five minutes. We <laughs> say, okay, God, I give it back to you again, and that's okay. So one more time, I'm going to read this verse for you. Psalm 150, verse 6. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And one more time, church, I need your help. We're going to go through our worship wake-up routine. I want this to be part of your life and understand this. Who should worship God, church? When do we worship? Where do we worship? Not just church on Sunday morning, but I hope you're here too and doing it well. Why do we worship? He is the one and only that's worthy. When you do that, church, it'll change your life. It will reveal his plans in ways you have no idea. It will bring to mind his blessings no matter the trial that you're facing. But most importantly, it'll remove those barriers in my life, most of which are me. So I'm going to pray for us. And, and when we're done, when I'm done praying, we're going to take communion together. And just so you know, if you're a guest here, um, we believe that if you're a faithful follower of Jesus Christ, if you surrendered your life to him, even if you've done it right now, if this is the first time, the communion table is open and welcome to you. Also understand if that's a decision that you're not ready to make yet or you're not quite there, welcome home. We're a church that exists for you. It's okay just to stay in your seat. How we're going to do this, again, if you're a guest, we're going to have you come down the center aisle. I'll give you the elements. We'll have you go back this aisle on my left, your right, and go back to your chairs. And then once we're all seated again, we'll participate in communion together. So after I get done praying, I'll invite you up for that. Let's pray. God, your command to us is everything with breath is to praise you. God, every single man, woman, and child who has ever existed will one day stand before your presence. And in that moment, we will praise you either in holy submission or in deep regret. And in that moment, God, it's going to be too late. God, I pray that every person in the sound of my voice, watching online, listening to our podcast, will make that decision today. We are all worshiping something. We're either worshiping our, the almighty dollar, we're worshiping our government, 
We're worshiping other people's opinions. Or we're worshiping ourselves. God, today, on this day, this first Sunday of 2024, I pray that we will surrender to you, God, that we will wake up from our spiritual slumber. God, we will see it in a bright new way. God, even if for years maybe we've been walking in this fog of kind of around but not sure, that today it will be so clear that we're going to start with worshiping you, God. Everything that has breath will worship you. God, I pray that we will worship you all day long. The first thing, God, I pray that the first thing we do when we wake up tomorrow morning is we, even if we could just say it in our head, thank you, God, for waking me up. Every day is a gift, God. And no matter what circumstance we face, no matter what challenges might happen this week, God, we can come to it with a smile because we are going to worship you through the storm. God, we worship you everywhere we go. At church, at home, at school, in our car, dealing with people, God. Everywhere we go, every place and every season of life we go through, you are present there with us and you are worthy of our worship. God, forgive us and forgive the church when we pass judgment without removing the old plank in our own eye before we remove the splinter from our brothers. And God, that is far too prevalent in the church in America today. And forgive us for that, God. Jesus, as you commanded, you say, the measure you use will be used against you, God. That's why I'm very heavy on grace in my life because I need a lot of grace in my life. I have no business condemning my brother and sister when I have my own sins that I have to deal with. And God, forgive your church when we look more at to what other people are doing than in our own heart. And God, I pray that we would be a church <laughs> that would surrender to you, that would throw up our hands and praise you again and again through the storm, through the trials, through the temptations. No matter what challenges we face, God, we are going to worship you. God, I thank you and praise you and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Lily, would you come down and help me with this, sweetheart? Thanks so much for listening. If you live in the Yankton area, we'd love for you to join us Sundays at 1030 a.m. at 310 Walnut Street. You can also check out more content on our website, yankton.church, or our YouTube channel, at Celebrate Yankton. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe to it and share with others. God bless.